Hey everybody, welcome to Screen Mavericks, where we take an in-depth dive into your favorite movies and TV shows, new and old. I'm Jen, and as always, I'm joined by the unmatched wit of the lovely Megan. Let's dive on in, and as usual, spoilers ahead, obviously. everybody today we are deep diving the new critically acclaimed netflix hit show squid game it has become the most successful show netflix has ever produced reaching number one in 90 countries 142 million viewers after 30 days while being subtitled in 37 languages and dubbed in 34 its surprising success has led the powers that be behind the other streaming giants to look past hollywood for their next big hit all right, Meg, you finished uh, Squid Game not too long ago. I watched it closer to when it came out um, in September or end of September. You want to tell everybody what you thought? Because I'm not I'm in the majority. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I hated it. I, kn- I knew I was I went in knowing I was not going to like it because just the premise for me is just not something I enjoy. Uh, so I hated it. And I don't. Don't get it wrong. I think the show was very well written. It was very well done. I am just not somebody who enjoys shows like that. I love a good psychological thriller, but not when it's like this close to home. Like, because this this could happen in real life. Like, these were real people in real desperate situations that could really potentially do this. And it was just like too real, too much. Like, mm -mm, no, thank you. Do you ever feel like when you're watching a show like this, like your mind is constantly trying to figure out what you would do in the situation but yeah it's and also- that's that's what makes me stressed about it because it's like I know that like I'm not really a fighter like I would probably be I don't think I would be dead in the like red light green light game because I can hold composure that would be fine it would be when I have to like be sneaky and be stealthy and like make plans with people and like that I'm not good at that like I don't watch Survivor I don't like the the way people play Survivor like I just don't watch that because I I know personally I would not be good at it so I'm sorry I'm, I'm laughing over here because I was thinking to myself in this I I consider myself to be a, a good person I consider myself to be a generous person I'm loyal and as my ride or die I think you can confirm all of these things about me However, <laughs> I do watch a lot of Survivor <laughs> when I get bored for some reason. I just start binge watching Survivor. But the hardest part about that, and I think I can kind of tie into what you're saying, is when I watch Survivor, it stresses me out to the point where I'm like, Jen, it's a TV show. It's probably it's most likely like heavily scripted TV show. Mm-hmm. And I just could not. I always ask myself, like, could I just be the betrayer? in the group well that's what i mean you're gonna get down to a point where you're gonna have to betray the people you made a pact with like it that's just how it works and so i'm just like no no this whole time watching this show like i had to be doing other things like i I was like doing my laundry and i was like pacing around my living room and like making dinner like i couldn't just watch the show i had to be doing something else how long did it take you to watch it i watched it in like three days Okay, that's right. I watched. Yeah, I think I watched the first episode. I watched the first episode at the gym, 
<laughs> well on oh, the treadmill. That's which, honestly, by the way, probably good. I probably that's what I should have done. <laughs> tell you when you were watching Red Light Green Light play out on a treadmill. <laughs> I was like, were you, were you walking a little faster and then freezing? I was walking a little faster than the treadmill, so I kept like upping my speed because I was actually trying to match my anxiety level, like while I was on the treadmill, but. Um, I think then I watched the the rest of it all in one day, probably while I was working, to be honest, um, which is fine because, like you said, it was it's it was a little intense. Um, it was extremely violent, extremely graphic. Mm-hmm. Children should not be allowed to watch this show. That being said, I don't know if you've seen the news in the last couple of days, but it's a very popular Halloween costume, and schools are actually banning it. I just. I mean, why would anybody let their kid watch this show? Like, why would that be? I asked this having been a former teacher and having had one of my fourth graders tell me that they watch Game of Thrones with their parents. So what do I know? Dear God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, that being said, the the premise of the show is not new. Um, I think at the very core, you have this group of essentially i don't i hate to use this term but it's essentially losers in life and when you're losing in life and all your sense of hope is gone you become very desperate that's a fun word that word comes up i think in my head a lot when talking about this show because using that that survivor logic that we just talked about, I always think to myself, okay, I was like, I'm a good person. I wouldn't be able to do any of that. And then I was like, but I've never been that desperate. Yeah. So I'm always trying to think to myself in my head, what would I be doing? (laughs) You know, would I, would, would I become a different person if I was that desperate? I think you always like, people like to think that they wouldn't, but I mean, at, at the heart of everything we're human and humans are like built to survive, you know, like at the end of the day, that's what we're going to do. So you may say that you might not do some of these things, but push comes to shove. You might do some of these things. This is true. And one of the interesting things that I, I, I do really like about the show um, was their use of simple children's games. Oh, yeah. That's what made it so hard to watch because you're watching things that you relate. And, like, we didn't play all of these games as kids, you know? But, like, you can relate to the idea of, like, the games that you did play in childhood and how that was innocent. And now it's, like, life or death for these people. Oh, absolutely. I was comparing. I mean, uh, you know, we played Tug of War. I played mm-hmm. uh, Red Light, Green Light. Yep. And I was thinking about some of the other games that, and this is kind of what's creepy is I was thinking about some of the other games I played as a kid going, how could we make this violent? Oh, like, God. Like, and I was thinking about like Red Rover. Remember Red Rover, Red yeah. Rover, and then you'd run and then okay, close Red Rover the was violent. That's you true. don't need to make that violent. <laughs> right as I'm saying that, I'm like, well, you know what? I was a camp counselor and we had to stop playing that game with kids because they just clothesline each other. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe that game was already uh, was bad enough. That and dodgeball and all the other fun games that they don't let you play in school anymore that we got to play as kids. Yeah. <laughs> They're already on their way. You know, but instead of dodgeballs, I mean, we just throw grenades. Spiked balls. No. Oh my. Hate it. I hate it. <laughs> That being said, within these games um, that they have set up is they always had interesting ways of 
divvying up the players, would you say? Yeah, I mean, they. it was very tricky that sixth episode where they had them pick partners because everything leading up to that point, it's like you wanted a strong team, your team, 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 and then episode six comes, you pick a teammate, you think you're going to do well, and like, nope, you have to turn against your teammate, and that was a mind fuck. Hated it. I kind of had an idea that was coming when it was like pairs, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and they did exactly what I thought they were going to do. And then it just – I that episode, I literally had to Google who died because I le- like I needed to be mentally prepared. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I was saying – I'm wholeheartedly – I'm going to go with when they were trying to choose and there's the, the husband and wife, right? Yeah. And I was like uh, – like when I finally figured out what was going on, like – you know in the match and i was going oh boy you know because if you're picking a partner like you're gonna pick the person you're closest with i granted they're all strangers but they've been together for a few you know rounds now right and everything sorry finish your thought i was gonna say in these high stress situations and then you know so you're gonna pick your buddy you know if you and me you're standing there i'm gonna pick you and then you're like oh wait I want you to die. <laughs> right? Like, it just... It was I, very mm. gut-wrenching. Especially because at the point in the show where this is happening, we don't know who the old man is yet. Mm-hmm. And that entire exchange between him and the main character is just like... I think I did, might have done what you did. I don't I don't know if I Googled who died. No, I did. You know what I did? I didn't Google who died. I went on IMDb to see how many characters were in certain episodes. I do that often too. That's how that's how I knew that <laughs> Ollie that's how I knew that Ollie wasn't gonna make it past episode six either. And he was one of my favorite characters just because he seemed so pure. Yeah. Well, and then he like you saw his like family. So then you were like, "Oh man, he has like a wife and kid at home." They did a good job of drawing those attachments to kind of make you feel one way or another about certain characters. Well, and the old man, I was like rooting for him the whole time, even though I was like, "He's definitely gonna die." And then you know, we had the whole thing at the end, and I was like, "Well, shit, <laughs> didn't see that coming." No, I. D- you know what? I'm I'm super excited. I think because to this day and age, I'm excited when I don't see it coming anymore. Oh yeah. Because I think a lot of times, you know, trailers can totally kill it or reusing the same themes too many times. So, and now that I look back on it, and I rewatched the show. Um, I didn't rewatch the show end to end. I rewatched parts of the show uh, preparing for this podcast, and I was like, you know what? It kind of makes sense <laughs> that I go back and I look at it um you know from the beginning but at the same time i feel like i have a little bit of an aggression now when i rewatch it towards the old man like i don't feel bad for him anymore like that was like i felt bad like he had cancer you know he had the tumor and i was like i feel bad and then you know we get to the end and he has this whole speech about you know why he does it and how lucky the person is who wins and it's just I feel like by then you're kind of like the main character and you just don't want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, I had, I don't know. I had some issues with watching this though, because they're all like high and mighty. You know, that old man is like, Oh, people get a chance to win. And like, you're the biggest winner. Like you were saying, you know, but they don't really have a fair shot. And I know they eliminate the like doctor guy who was, 
getting word of what the games were ahead of time and it's like super shitty because like bullies are always going to be bullies and so like of course they had the upper hand for a while there but once they found out the like game master guy i don't know his name but the guy with the like black mask that's different from everybody else he like hangs him and like some of the people that were involved in that to like make it quote unquote fair again but then they don't make it fair like a they play games where like men are going to be you know probably better at it than women so like the women were never picked for the team well they were eventually but it's just like you're already making it hard for them to win and then b the glass game this is the one that i felt was the most unfair because like why can't they use the skills that they have the guy who's able to like tell the difference between the glass like that's a skill he has good luck like lucky them they're able to capitalize on it like everybody else has been capitalizing on their knowledge for the other games so why can't this guy they found a way around it like plenty of people still died in that game they would have been fine but nope they shut the lights they didn't let him play fair and i i have a problem with that and then at the end of that freaking they blow up the glass bridge and like yeah it was a super cool effect and like the shot was beautiful <laughs> not gonna lie but then saying or Sabiak, she literally like gets stabbed with this piece of glass and it's like now she's gonna die even though she won fair and square like you you took away her ability to win and that's not fair like she won the game and now she's still gonna die like no i'm not okay with it <laughs> sorry i you know welcome no, to my it's ted fine. talk but no, like, no, you know? no i i think i think especially in this thing is like there there, there are no winners you know what I mean? I feel yeah. like even when you win the game, like we see this spiral that our main character goes through afterwards, like yeah, goes into this deep depression and because right. who would not like who in their right or wrong mind would not, especially since the whole reason that he had, you know, besides the money, the whole reason was to help his mom. And you know, spoiler alert, he This finds whole her thing is a spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he finds her dead at the end. Yeah. And you know, and I so I actually referenced when I was describing this show to other people, I had used the Hunger Games initially, but then there was another movie that I referenced more, which is called uh Would You Rather with Britney Snow. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I know what you're talking about. I did so not watch I've it. So I've seen it. Because um, again, it's the type of movie that I hate. <laughs> right. So I'm just going to spoil it for you so you don't it's, have to. That's fine. Um, and the audience, if you haven't seen it, then I would uh, just skip ahead five seconds or, you know, 30 seconds, whatever. So, so pretty much Would You Rather is a lot like Squid Game, but on a much smaller scale. You have rich people involved with playing games with desperate people people who are desperate for money for whatever reason and like similar to this squid game everybody has a reason for being there everybody has a reason for their desperation and in uh britney snow's character for the movie is that uh her parents are gone she's the sole caregiver for her teenage brother who has cancer and as we all know it is very expensive and she can only work menial jobs and um she finds somebody i believe it was actually her brother's doctor who says i can help you out i know a place and she gets involved with this she shows up to 
this really expensive mansion. There's other people there and they're drinking. And then they all sit him around a dining room table and they start playing a series of games. And the games escalate. But it all uses this kind of in a desperation move. Like, are you willing to hurt a stranger? Are you willing to hurt your neighbor or the person next to you who's never done anything to you in your life? And in Would You Rather, it starts out by playing this game where each two people are wearing an, um, uh, a band that electrocutes you. Not deadly, but it doesn't feel great. Mm-hmm. And while you're wearing it, you have, so let's say it's you and me, Meg, right? You're sitting to my right. We both have electrical bands on in my head and I'm holding the controller. Okay. I can either electrocute myself or I can save myself and I can electrocute you. So am I like the good person and choose to electrocute myself so that I don't have to electrocute my friend? Or if you were a stranger, just so I say, well, I don't want to be electrocuted, so I'm going to do it to you. And the way they did it in the movie was once that passed, it. the bands would go down to the next set of person. And then the next set of person had the ability to do that. And then it escalated to like stabbing people with ice picks and like, you know, drowning. And then there's whipping involved and it goes. And then slowly the people start dying kind of one by one until there's one winner and it was what are you willing to do to be the winner and it stood it came down to literally uh, uh britney stone i can't remember the actor that was sitting across from her he had a son he had a family you know he had a reason that he was there and she had a pistol and she shot him and she walked away with all of this money care for her brother cancer doctors everything she could ever want for the rest of her life and she gets home to her house and where does she find her brother dead in his room uh, no, he had committed suicide while she was gone but you see that but you see the the similarities i'm yeah, talking about no, between these the two similar, yeah of putting people desperate people in these situations where you're almost forcing them to make decisions that you know normal people who are not desperate or not in these situations wouldn't make or even those same people if they weren't that desperate would not make yeah it's really intense it was not one of my favorite shows let's put it that way (laughs) i think what's interesting if i uh i just want to kind of step into you know, desperation with, with a few movies that I, I had written down as examples. Um, you know, in the, we talked about the Hunger Games. Everybody knows Hunger Games. It was extremely popular. It was um, a much, not necessarily less violent, but less graphic version, you know, of, <laughs> um, but, you know, the, our, the characters in the Hunger Games aren't in that situation because they were so desperate and they needed money. You know what I mean? By the time their desperation kicks in, it's because they're desperate to stay alive. Yeah. When thrown yeah. into this situation. But I was thinking about maybe an, an alternate way of desperate. Did you see the movie Passengers? Yes. With uh, So with Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. And I was thinking that even on this level, here you have Chris Pratt's character, who's this guy who's all alone in space because he woke up too early and he becomes so lonely and desperate that he's willing to ruin someone else's life, essentially. Yeah, I remember watching that movie and being like, God, this is why it's good to not be pretty. Because, like, you you, you run the risk of somebody waking you up in space and then you have to this is true. days. 
this is true but no i mean seriously it i if i were in his position though like i i get why he did it because like the idea of being alone for years would drive me nuts like absolutely drive anyone i don't nuts. i don't i don't blame his decision and obviously we know the main character uh, jennifer lawrence's character who plays aurora does not at the end of the day blame him either so um spoiler alert spoiling all the movies <laughs> i'm not spoiling any either a movies that are like really good movies these have been out for a while because when i was thinking about like desperation i was trying to think about movies that come to mind that put people in situations that they wouldn't normally be in yeah right so that's where I was kind of thinking about this from like all different perspectives. So I have a whole bunch of movies listed here. I have Would You Rather, Hunger Games. I have Lord of the Flies, which I thought was a great example because <laughs> kids in a situation they shouldn't be in. Well, it's um, like the show The Wilds, which is phenomenal mm-hmm. if you haven't watched it. It's on uh, Amazon Prime and they're coming out with a season two soon. But The Wilds is kind of almost like a take on Lord of the Flies in a way. Um but yeah, it's again, they're stranded on an island and they're desperate to survive. Yeah. And I, I, I get it. It's, you know, I feel like human nature kind of takes over, you know, at, at a point, but also I brought up, um, I wanted to bring up the Stanford prison experiment. You're familiar with what that is, right? Meg? Yes. Uh, it um, only lasted like 72 hours, right? Or something like that. And then they had to shut it down. I believe it. No, I believe it lasted longer than that. I believe it, I thought it was, I thought it was closer to two weeks. Um, but Regardless, it, has, it did not last as long as they intended it. To no, last. it did not last as long as they <laughs> intended it. And uh, to this day, though, the Stanford prison experiment has been wildly discredited for a bunch of the tactics used. But the reason people tend to bring it up over and over and over again, for any of you who don't know what the Stanford prison experiment was, it was an experiment where they brought in a group of strangers. They separated them in half. Half of them were guards in a prison. The other half were prisoners. And they just told them to go about and act as their roles. Things got out of hand in a hurry. (laughs) Well, and Um, I don't know necessarily. I don't think they were strangers. They were like classmates because it was for a site. Right. It was at one of the college. Oh, yeah. But yes, there's a potential that like you didn't know people very well. Yes. Right. And it was this idea that the, the people who were prison guards started to take their roles way too seriously way too seriously and it started to take over to the point where things started to get violent and like none of these people are prisoners none of them are prison guards you know it was just almost like like you're a simulation that you're acting out and then the simulation takes over i was about to make a major matrix reference here for a second (laughs) (laughs) um but i uh you know i i thought that was interesting because not necessarily are is anybody desperate in that particular situation but i think it speaks to the human psyche of what in the right circumstances people and their behaviors can can kind of show and do that you might not have think of or maybe even they didn't think they were capable of yeah and i mean there's so many psych studies on that where the the one with the the electric shock i forget what which one it's a popular study as well where it's mm-hmm. like you hear people getting shocked and then like they were turning up the dials because they were told to do it like volunteers or whatever were told to like oh 
they got the answer wrong. They had the people on the other side had to answer a question. And if they got it wrong, they got an electric shock. And the people running the study told these volunteers like, okay, you got to like hire it. They got another one wrong. So they get a higher shock. And Mm -hmm. like the people on the other side in reality, were not actually being electrically, you know, anything. They were actors, but the people turning these dials didn't know that. And the truth is they just listened to what they were told, even though they heard these people screaming, they heard these people getting hurt. It's just psychology, man. Yeah. I, I know exactly what experiment you're talking about. They use it. Um, there was an episode of law and order SVU that actually Robin Williams was in and Robin Williams played kind of a psychopath, but it was kind of all about people not being sheep. And he ends up kidnapping, um, Olivia Benson and he gets Stabler in there and he, he shows her like Olivia's in there, but then he turns the light off and he keeps electrocuting Olivia until like Stabler won't, you know, he keeps asking to do something and Stabler keeps saying no. So he's doing the opposite of what that experiment is, but he keeps insisting no, no matter how bad Olivia's screams get bigger and bigger until he gets to the end of the experiment. He goes, okay, you're not a sheep. And then he shows him that like he wasn't actually electrocuting her the whole time, but it is, it is, it's, um, I, it is a mind. (laughs) Sorry. Are we allowed to swear? I I mean, I've said it multiple times already. So, (laughs) but I mean, it's a mind fuck. Like, I don't know any other word to describe it, you know, sometimes, but I think that when it comes to movies and TV shows, these kinds of, desperation psychological thrillers are very popular now i know you're not a fan but the 90 other countries that this was number one in, i think i but it, i also think it shows you how many people like that kind of thing well it, there, there's a difference there because here's the thing i loved the hunger games i thought the hunger games was so good but the difference between this and the hunger games well there's a lot of difference but you know the reason why i enjoyed watching the hunger games versus this one was because the Hunger Games is so unrealistic. Like, it's set in a very ridiculous place that, like, is not, like, how we live right now, you know? And so I can, like, separate the two. Whereas this could be taking place right now. Like, this could be happening in real life. Yeah, no. You know? Like, and it just is too much. Too real? No. I think, too, when you see in the beginning when we... When the... um. Uh, main characters in the subway and he meets that gentleman in the suit and mm-hmm. they play the game with the two pieces of paper. Yeah. Even that was like the basis of this entire experiment on such a small scale. So I went back and watched that scene today and he tells him, he's like, you know, let's, let's bet for money. And he's like, well, I don't have any money. He goes, okay, well, how about instead Every time I win, I get to smack you in the face. Yeah. You know, and this becomes round after round after round of him willing to get smacked in the face repetitively. You know what I mean? Because he was that desperate to win the it's money not on the even other side. Desperation, though. It's like addiction. Like he wanted to win. He wanted to win. He wanted the thrill of winning. He wanted, because you see at the end, when he finally wins, he goes to smack the guy and the guy hands him the money and he's like upset about it. That's right. I don't get to smack you. Yeah. So there's like an addiction there too of like, you know, 
bloodlust well, or you know whatever but like yeah you know, a I lot of know. people who are a lot of the people that you see who are desperate for money there was like you said before there's an addiction that was involved in the reason they have no money to begin with and as we see our main character in the very beginning he's at the horse track mm-hmm. so we know addiction was an issue for him yeah I mean, and obviously all those people are in there for different reasons. We see Sabiak is in there because she is trying to get her mother. Sorry. She's trying to get her mother back with her family. And so she's pickpocketing. You know, we have the. um... Sorry, I'm just trying to get to his name. We have saying who's in there because he like embezzled or like wrongly traded money. I'm still not entirely clear on what he did, but he like messed up and lost a lot of money. Um, so like there's different reasons people are in there, but whew. you know, it's, I, just... I find it really interesting with saying when I was rewatching um, a bunch of these clips, I just want to make sure I have the right character. He's the other main character, right? Yeah. He's the childhood friend. Okay. Um, so with saying Wu, I realized that he was showing signs of being, I mean, I, he's, I, he's like the ultimate douchebag in that, but like subtly at first, you know, he's the reason that, um, Sabiak, you know, he slits her throat at the end in the most horrible way possible. And he has like the worst excuse for it. And that's when I think we kind of see our last two, our last two game players there being on such completely opposite sides of the moral spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I was rewatching it and I realized I was like, wow, I was like, yeah, I was like, if you go back, he's been trying to sabotage every game since, um, since game one, since, he tells since game him, one. Yeah. He yeah. tells him if you hide behind people, like he's yeah. already playing the game to win, you know? Yeah. He's like survivor and he's like in it to win it from the very beginning. Well, and then the one where they go to chisel out the candy shape. He knew what the game was and didn't share with his friends, which like he's playing the game wrong because you don't one person can't like you don't need one person to win more than one person can win. So like in theory, you want to keep as many people alive as you can because then you have more thoughts going around on how to actually get through certain things and you have more expertise that you can do and like i feel like a lot of these people are playing to be the only winner and it's like no if you combine all of your like you're gonna lose people in the ones where it's like team versus team obviously half the people are gonna be you know but like well i think sorry go ahead but like if you are able to combine some of the knowledge like you might make it through and I would rather survive and share my winnings with like the five other people who are able to survive and maybe give like information on how to survive some games than like try to just undermine everybody and like kill off everybody and like be the one ultimate winner. Yeah. There's also the idea that they throw out, which I think it's interesting throughout most of the, the show at a couple points, they give people outs. Yeah, they give them the ability to get they have they actually they take it at the beginning and they everybody leaves and then pretty much everybody decides to come back. Right. Or that was alive after red light green light. Uh, and, I think everybody but like 30 people decide. to come Yeah, back. it was. Yeah. And I mean, for those other people, <laughs> good for you. I feel like dead. I would have been one of those 30 people. <laughs> I think you probably would have been one of those people, too. And I think I would have been one of those people. But one of the interesting things, too, is that 
saying woo at the very end when it's down to the three of them, his biggest motivation for slitting her throat was that saying woo, uh, sorry, Sabiok and Jin Hun could have ended the game. They would have had the majority to end the game. You know how yeah. you could, if yep. majority wants, you can walk away at any time. And he does say something about that at one point. Um, that he had to slit her throat because they would have had the majority and they could have ended the game. And he just, he needed to get to the end. Which again yeah. is that desperation and that addiction. Like he just, he needed to keep playing. He needed to win. He needed to do anything he could. And it just, you know, despite ugh. the, the, despite the, I'm drawing a blank on the character, the criminal character with the tattoo on his face, despite him being outwardly a villain, I still believe that Sangwoo was one of the biggest villains of the show. He, I mean, he's a villain, but he's a bully. Like, he's just, he's a bully. He is that, like, he's the playground bully, like, grown up. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think the other thing, too, that I, you know, I know we keep, uh, audience, I know we keep referencing Hunger Games, but we are big fans. Um, and there's a lot of ways to tie certain aspects of that to this. And I actually pulled a quote from the movie. Because I thought it was interesting when you're talking about people who are really desperate. They don't really have much hope left. You know what I mean? There's not there. You're when you get down to that part, you're willing to pretty much do anything, whether in this case, be it put your life on the line with with knowing that you're probably going to die mm -hmm. with the chance of winning millions of dollars. Or mm -hmm. having to even kill people for it, which is what Sang Woo tries to justify himself throughout the last few episodes of the show. Is he he's trying to justify um, that he's in the right for doing what he's doing? Yeah. And I was thinking about the quote that President Snow says in the Rose Garden, and he says, "Hope is the only thing stronger than fear." And he says, "A little hope is effective. A lot of hope is dangerous." A spark is fine as long as you keep it contained. I think that applies to Squid Game too. Just because all of these people have the tiniest little bit of hope that they're going to make it to the end. Because otherwise, what's the point, right? Yeah. You have to have like a little bit of hope for the very, very desperate to get them to do things like what we saw in this show. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not and forget that whole nighttime massacre that happened, too. Again, like, just. Which they caused that. The powers that be caused no, that. No, I know. They, they set it up so that would happen. And it's just one of those hard things to watch because it's like, you know that that's what would happen in real life. You know that that's what mm. would happen. And so, like, it just made it that much harder to watch people turn on each other. It's just. Uh... Yeah. But I feel like we get all of our greatest movies and TV shows out of people turning on each other. Yeah. <laughs> Human <D> nature. Debatable. <laughs> it is. I, you know, it's, I, when I was looking up stuff for this, when I was looking at movies to try to, you know, to make, to draw comparisons to, and, you know, one that I haven't mentioned yet that is on my list is the first Saw movie. 
You know, uh, I will say Saw was great. Had me on the edge of my seat. Again, one of those things where I was like constantly moving throughout the movie. But uh, the first Saw was phenomenal. I was over it by like the third Saw. But like, yeah, the first Saw was great. And like that spoiler at the end, spoiler alert, like he's right in the middle of the floor. Like that just phew, so good. And yeah, and where the key was the whole time. Mm-hmm, and- mm-hmm. Well, and you watch it go down the drain in the beginning of the movie. But again, again, that's kind of unfair. Like you didn't make it winnable because he was unconscious, woke up, had no, he would have never known the key was there. Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's fair. It's fair. As for uh, Squid Game, though, I, I, they have not confirmed yay or nay, I don't think, right about a season two. The way they um, ended it, they have to do. I, they have to be. Too. There's, a, there's. I, I think, I think we can agree that there are some, um, more than one cliffhanger. At least I would say, um, you know, there's the obvious one right at the end uh, where he doesn't get on the plane. Yeah, and he turns around, and that's after he's triggered by seeing that same guy in a suit playing the paper game with some other desperate human on the subway, or in the airport. I think. Yeah. Well, no, he sees them on the, I don't know. I kind of, that, that final episode, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like was half paying attention at that point. Uh, Also the red hair, like it's a choice. I don't know if it's the right choice, but it was a choice. (laughs) I like this red hair. He needed a change. You know, he needed to pick me up. It looked very fake, I think, was my... Like, he looked like he was wearing a wig. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's like unnaturally colored red hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, I I don't know if you feel this way, but I also believe uh, that um, the character who played the police officer is still alive. Oh, yeah. I, he, there's no way he's dead. His brother shot him like in the arm or like the shoulder. Like he didn't right. shoot him in a. I mean, I guess he kind of shot him in a crucial area, but like he's alive. <laughs> I just feel like Garrett because there's like I was like, there's no way you're gonna pull this like whole story arc of this one character just for it to go out that way. Yeah, no, nah, he's um, alive. And let's not forget that he was able to send that stuff to his boss before that went down. Did it actually go through though? Yeah. I, I rewatched that scene tonight. Okay. So Interesting. There, I think there's plenty enough set up for them to keep the story going. I mean, Hunger Games did it. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's not over until we blow it all up. Yeah. No, well, they're, they're, they did leave a few things unanswered. You know, like we never f- like found out um, at the end, like when the cop gets shot, he said something to his brother. And he's like, you know why? We don't know why. Why? <laughs> like You're right. I wondered about that too. He and does then say al- that. Yeah. And then also, um, we don't know if like Sabiak's mom ever actually like got to the country. Like, did did he actually well, I guess he never actually agreed to it because she died before he agreed. But I would think he's a good person and would try to get her like to come over. So I don't know. Like they they just kind of left that open too. So I'm I'm assuming they must be planning on a second season. I feel like with the fact that the show was a worldwide hit, it would almost be silly not to. Yeah. Like I think I saw just um, 
I think I saw today when I was looking up all those stats that I gave in the beginning that the um, Netflix had made like $900 million off of this show. That's and insane. it cost $20 million to make. That's insane. That, that's like a sig- <laughs> very significant amount of money. But also thinking about a show like this, I think, I think one of the things that I found the most unique about this entire experience, not saying the show specifically, but it was... I didn't see it coming at first that this is what it was going to be. This was going to be the biggest hit that Netflix had ever had to date. And I didn't see it coming, I think, because probably I had originally saw it, thought, okay, it's a Korean show. I'm still going to watch it and enjoy it, but I'm not sure how the masses are going to enjoy it. And I was completely blown away with the response around the world to the show. It yeah. was, it was, you know, crazy. And then, you know, like I mentioned in the very beginning for the powers that be for the other major streaming services like Disney plus like HBO going, Oh, maybe we need to look outside of Hollywood. And I was like, is this it? Is this going to be the show that's going to get us the really good stories that we've been hoping for from around the world? You know, I was like, there's so much more out there besides Hollywood. So well, and that's the thing crossed. with all of these, you know, streaming platforms, of course, there's there's a lot more options now. So and there, there's there's another show on Netflix coming up right now that I believe is like the first South Brazilian show. I think it's Brazilian. It's called, I think, three percent. It's like the next show that I plan on starting on on Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, so it's like the first one coming to Brazilian and I can't wait to watch it because it's a dystopian thriller, which is one of my favorite genres of everything. Hmm. If the word dystopian is in front of it, there's a good chance you can get me to watch it. No, agreed. <laughs> I do. I'm I'm here for dystopian. I One thing I do want to say before we end this, I love the way that the bully guy went out, that the crazy lady like just took him out. She was like, screw it. If oh, I think everybody's die, on board with I'm that. Taking you with me, <laughs> and it was. I, so I will great. just add about the the crazy lady that we all know who we're talking about. I can't think of her name. It's like me and you, the, or I, I'm not saying the that, right, whole but. time that she was on this show. I feel like sometimes when I watch violent TV shows where where I, there's a lot of death, I'm going to use Game of Thrones as an example, and there's certain characters that I am just literally waiting for them to die. Yeah, and I know it's dark, and that sounds horrible because it's. But it's it's from a place of good acting. You know what I mean? It's from a place of, okay, you're doing your job that I'm so annoyed, but I can't wait till you go away. Yeah. Um, and she was one of those two. And when you're right, when she gets his revenge in the most epic way possible, they both go out together. I mean, that was so good. That yeah. moment was totally worth being on that entire glass bridge because that entire glass bridge scene was extremely stressful. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because the whole time I was like, before I when I first watched the show before that I was going, okay, well, what number do I pick? Like before I knew what it was, like I didn't know what was coming. I was acting like I was one of them, and I was like, yeah, like I'd pick a pick a middle number, but I might pick like middle to the end. Like I was thinking like fourteen. Mm-hmm. I, j- I definitely would not have picked one. I would not have picked one. No, mm-hmm. I when he goes to pick one, I was yelling at my tv going don't pick one (laughs) yeah that that other scene too where uh i think her name is like g young the the girl who plays the marbles against sabiak she Mm -hmm. 
you know, she throws the game. That was that was a rough scene too. But like you kind of knew that was coming just based on like her story and the fact that like she didn't really have anything to like go back home to. Um so that character wasn't around that much, but like I thought she was super super good. Yeah, she was really good. There were some really really intense moments that kind of hit you in the feels or at least me uh, that was one of them uh any of the the background stories of some of the characters that were really good deep down yeah um and of course that's what it is you know you make that emotional connection to your characters and then you know seeing them die just suddenly becomes like unbearable so yeah bravo <laughs> it, it did its job glad uh that we're done with it <laughs> until season two no. i mean like now i have to watch season two because now i have unanswered questions but i'm not gonna be happy about it <laughs> well i doubt that season two is probably gonna go the same way that season one goes so hopefully i mean i'm well the hunger games did so <laughs> <laughs> that's true and they just right back the ante, the so, you know Maybe they'll just have a battle of champions, right? Like the Hunger Games. Bring back all the winners. Oh, God. Hey, have them, have them recompete. No, thank you. No, thank you. Although they might because they did show all the past like books and stuff. I know. Squid Game All-Stars. Oh, no, I'm, I hate I'm, it. I'm here for it. What did you guys think of Squid Game? We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram. Let us know. Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you hate it like me? Uh, are you going to watch season two if there's a season two a big thank you to all of our internet peeps for listening and joining us today we appreciate every single one of you join us next week for a deep dive into your favorite movies and tv shows and follow us on instagram at screen mavericks podcast and as always be awesome and keep streaming